Just three short years after drafting him second overall to be the quarterback of the future, the Jets are about to trade Zach Wilson off for pennies on the dollar. Just how low will his value get? We'll talk about it today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Wednesday, February 7th, 2024, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast, worse, please give the show a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps us out, helps other Jets fans find the podcast. This episode is brought to you by PrizePicks, the easiest the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for your first deposit match of up to $100. Well, today we do our weekly Wednesday mailbag. Each Wednesday, we try and do a mailbag with listener questions. Thanks so much to everybody who sent in questions. Let's begin with one about Zach Wilson. John, looks like the Jets are going to trade Zach Wilson this offseason. I'm not optimistic about what they can get in return. What do you think? Well, there was actually a very interesting article that was written by Rich Samini of ESPN that published yesterday that kind of went into this. And Samini spoke with a number of people in the league. You know, he mentioned he spoke with some executives, some people, coaching staffs, uh, you know, some scouting people. And the general consensus is that the Jets are probably not looking at much in return for Zach Wilson. And the speculation was that we're probably talking like a late round pick or maybe a mid-round pick swap where, you know, Jets get a higher pick in the middle round and send over a lower pick. And to me, that sounds about right. I mean, the Jets are clearly going to sell on Zach Wilson and his value is just not very high right now. I looked through every quarterback drafted in the first round since 2000. And I found, I looked at guys who started at least 20 games in their first three seasons. And there were 60 such quarterbacks. And this takes a look at these players' first three seasons. Um, of these 60, Zach Wilson ranks 46th in completion percentage, 50th in yards per attempt, 58th in touchdown rates, 54th in success rate. And success rate essentially is determines whether a passing play is a success or a failure. And that's determined by, you know, first, uh, how much yardage you get if you get close enough to the sticks for a play to be considered a success. So, I mean, th those numbers are pretty stark. Uh, and these are pretty significant numbers. Again, 46th in completion percentage out of 60, 50th out of 60 in yards per attempt, 58th out of 60 in touchdown rate, 54th in success rate out of 60. So, I mean, that kind of tells the story. Zach Wilson it just hasn't worked out here. I think in retrospect, Jets should not have drafted him second overall. I think, you know, if you knew now what you knew then, or I'm sorry, if you knew then what you know now, I don't think the Jets would have picked him as high as they did. I think he entered the league. He was too raw. I think that he needed to sit for a couple of years. And while I, I think there's an argument to be made for keeping him just football-wise, because I think there was a degree of improvement. You know, some of the numbers may not suggest it this year, but there are two specific things I think Zach Wilson got better at this year. Number one was he was better at the line pre-snap. You know, he was better at figuring out what the defense was doing pre-snap. And sometimes he would kind of adjust the play at the line of scrimmage. I think some of that may go back to talking about 
working with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the master at running things at the line of scrimmage, figuring things out pre-snap, how to manipulate a defense, how to change a play. And while I think the role of the veteran mentor is frequently overstated, you know, I, I think the idea that Aaron Rodgers was going to turn Zach Wilson into the quarterback of the future was always kind of absurd to me. Uh, there were things Zach Wilson learned from Aaron Rodgers, especially at the line of scrimmage. The second, the second thing I think Zach Wilson improved on was not bailing on the pocket. So those first two years, the first hint of pressure, he was gone. You know, he was doing the spin move. He was running. He was turning his back to the line of scrimmage and trying to flee to the, flee the pocket, either left or right. He got rid of that this past season. And there were some good individual games. He played at a very high level against Kansas City for the most part. He played at a very high level in the second half against Houston. But I think we've seen that, you know, it's not there yet for Zach Wilson. And if it's going to work for Zach Wilson, it maybe it needs to come somewhere else because things are just in a bad place. You know, things have not gone well with the coaching staff and him. Things have not gone well with the fan base and him. Things have not gone well with the media and him it might be Zach's best interest to get a fresh start, but it's difficult to see anybody giving up a lot for him because he's not going to go anywhere else and be a starter. And he's only going to have one year left on his contract. Now, technically this is the off season where the jets, or if he's traded another team, will need to decide whether to pick up his fifth year option. That's not going to happen because you're, you'd be, you'd be essentially guaranteeing at least $20 million or in somewhere in that neighborhood for his fifth year. And you're not going to, nobody's going to pay him $20 million because he's not, he's not going to be traded anywhere to be a starter. He's going to be traded somewhere to be a backup. He'll be traded somewhere. Maybe if they think like there's something that could be developed out of him, but he's a buy low candidate for another team. Nobody's going to give up a, a big package. And I know the response people are going to have is, well, what about Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold didn't play very well. The Jets got a two, a four and a six for him. Well, different situation in a couple of ways. Number one, Carolina actually thought Sam Darnold could be their quarterback of the future. And, you could say, well, if somebody thought, if Carolina thought Sam Darnold could be their guy, can't some other team think Zach Wilson will be their guy? Well, I mean, Sam showed more than Zach did. I mean, I think that's just a reality is that Sam played at a higher level and Sam played at a pretty low level, but there were more flashes with Sam. The other aspect with Sam was he had the whole Adam Gase factor where the Jets were so broken under Adam Gase that I think there was a very strong argument to be made that, you know, maybe it was the coaching, maybe with better coaching, Sam could play well. Now, to be fair, Nathaniel Hackett is arguably worse than Adam Gase, but those first two years, Zach did not show you a whole lot. And, you know, Mike LaFleur is not as bad as Adam Gase or Nathaniel Hackett. So I understand some other people may argue it only takes one team to fall in love with him. But I mean, I think it's very difficult to look at the film the first three years and fall in love with Zach Wilson. I think, you know, it's one thing to say, maybe we'll take a shot on him. Maybe, maybe a change of scenery will do him well. Maybe there are some tools we think we can develop in him. We had a high grade on him a couple of years ago in the draft. Maybe there's something there that we can get out of him. That's one thing. And that may lead to a team being interested in trading for Zach Wilson. But it's very different to say that a team's going to want to give up a lot for Zach Wilson because I just don't think there's going to be a very a huge market for him. And while I think, you know, he did, there were some things that improved this year. I don't think you can say he has a particularly nuanced understanding of coverages. I don't think you could say he's a, he's a very mechanically sound quarterback at this point. And when I say Zach Wilson improved in some ways in 2023, in many ways, that tells you more about how low things got in 2021 and 2022 than it does about things getting to a very high level in 2023. Look, the Jets are just turning the page right here if they trade Zach Wilson. This is not a deal you're making because you 
think you can get a worthwhile asset in return. This is just trying to recoup anything for a draft pick that did not work out. It's not that different from you know the Jets trying to get a pick for from for Denzel Mims a year ago, where you're just selling really low and you know you know that the players probably things are probably not going to pan out for the player. I mean, at the end of the day. When the Jets traded for Aaron Rodgers, that was probably the point where Zach Wilson's career with the team was over. As much as they tried to put a friendly face on everything, as much as they tried to sell the sell, and I think part of it was, you know, with Rodgers likely only here a year or two, the idea was that, and they gave up a lot to get Rodgers. The Jets kind of had to sell the idea. No, the, no, this is a long term deal. This is a long term move because Rodgers is going to teach, teach Zach Wilson. I'm not sure they ever really believed that. Uh, you know, Zach Wilson. It's been tough. It has not gone well for him. And I can't imagine his value is very high at this point. And speaking of things with low value, right now, Jets fans are not feeling good about their team. But ahead here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, I'm going to give you some reasons for hope for the future. I know some fans are wondering whether the team can ever win a Super Bowl. And I think that there, there's a lot to make you believe that a brighter future could be in the cards for the Jets. I'll go into more detail on that as we continue on this Wednesday mailbag edition of Lockdown Jets. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by DoorDash. After a hard day of work, you don't want to cook a meal. Super Bowl Sunday is coming up. You know, maybe you're heading to a party. Maybe you're just going to enjoy it at home on the couch. Either way, let DoorDash deliver a great meal to you. You know, you don't have to go into the kitchen and cook. All you have to do is open up the app, a couple taps, a ton of great restaurants in the New York area or wherever you live, and have a dasher deliver a great meal to you. Again, so many good restaurants in the New York area. Take weekends, for example, in Brooklyn. This joyful cafe serves a mean brunch, like the SoCal breakfast sandwich with avocados, smoked turkey bacon, and cheddar, and a healthy breakfast plate loaded with scrambled eggs, home fries, turkey bacon, cheddar, and a slice of toast. Enough for a full day on the town or on the couch. Or if you prefer the sweet stuff, the fluffy, freshly made Belgian waffle topped with blueberries, bananas, strawberry, and maple syrup is a clear winner. That's just one of the many great restaurants in the New York area. And you can order from them on DoorDash. And right now you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. It's one word with no space. L-O-C-K-E-D, number two, number three. Subject to change, terms apply. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. You pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. The big game is right around the corner, and PrizePix is the easiest and most exciting way to turn every game-changing moment into 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into $1,000. If Patrick Mahomes throws for more than one yard in the big game, you win on prize picks. Patrick Mahomes just throws for one yard. You win. Pretty good deal, I think. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. And don't forget, if Patrick Mahomes throws for more than one yard in the big game, you win on prize picks. Again, I think that, that that's a pretty safe one to, to think is going to happen. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listener or first watch every day. 
Big shout out to you every day. This is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have new episodes each day through the week, Monday through Friday, and then bonus episodes as needed as news breaks. You should also know that Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and you can now also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. And today on Locked On Jets, we are doing our weekly mailbag show with listener questions. Next question comes from Chris. Hi, John. Do you think that you will see the Jets win the Super Bowl while you are still alive? Maybe I've listened to, to, to too much Joe Beningo over the years. Although I'm 45, I think the next year or two they could be decent if they fix the offensive line and get a receiver along with Rodgers. But more likely they are going to come up short of winning the Super Bowl, then back to the quarterback search, which means we are essentially two years from even beginning the rebuilding process again. And it, it occurs to me that it's possible we could have a few more decades like this. Was wondering where you stand on the matter. So Chris, understandably frustrated with the New York Jets, like, like we all are. And it's very easy to question the future of the team based on you know, what we've seen the last 13 years, based on what a lot of us have seen for most of our lifetime rooting for the Jets. It's not exactly been a pleasant road uh, rooting for the Jets uh, unless you, you know, unless you were there for the Super Bowl days. And then even then, that was over 50 years ago. So you've had decades of suffering since the Jets won the Super Bowl. I think what Chris's question boils down to is one very simple question. Can a team that's been down on its luck for a while eventually turn things around? And I think the answer to that is an unequivocal yes. Now, Chris, Chris is a young guy. You know, Chris is only 45. So hopefully you've got a lot of good years left, Chris. Hopefully I have a lot of good years left. Um, so uh, can, do I expect the Jets to win the Super Bowl at some point in my lifetime? I certainly hope so. I certainly hope I live long life, but I certainly hope they can. And, you know, the question, if the question is, can a team that's been down on its luck turn things around? Well, Let's look at the NFL. I mean, there's a team in Detroit that's never been to the Super Bowl. I mean, at least the Jets were in the Super were in Super Bowl three. I mean, how long ago was it? You know, I think we're going on like 55 years, but at least the Jets made the Super Bowl 55 years ago. Detroit's never been there, but they've turned it around. They've been down on their luck a long time. It feels like they're finally move, moving things into gear. Um, you know, a year or two ago, maybe the most dysfunctional franchise, even ahead of the Jets, was the Houston Texans. They found a good quarterback, found what looks like a decent head coach. Now things look bright there. Since the since the Jets last uh, made the playoffs, the San Francisco 49ers went to the Super Bowl with Jim Harbaugh, fell to the bottom of the league, became a laughingstock, and are now back as a perennial contender. Now on some level, that's got to be frustrating for the Jets, the fact this team could be at the top of the league, sink to the bottom, and then get back to the top in the span between the Jets making the playoffs. But on the other hand, it shows you things can turn around quickly in this league. Now I think it's obvious that ownership is an impediment to this team. Woody Johnson's a bad owner, and a lot of the Jets' tr struggles go back to him. But even the teams that have been bad for a long time, sometimes they figure it out. Um, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been one of the model franchises in the NFL since the 70s. They almost never have a losing season. But for the first 40 or so years of their existence, they were at the bottom of the league. They were the laughing stock. They were a team that was constantly behind the curve. They, as the NFL became more professionalized, they were like the last team to get rid of the old model, which was you just found a bunch of guys on the neighborhood around the neighborhood who played games on the weekend. It was kind of like a club, and the league became the league became more focused on professional players. The Steelers were the last team to adapt. The Steelers were the last team to run the single wing uh, in the league. Uh, the single wing was a system that kind of used a bunch of skill players who were generalists, guys who could throw a little, run a little, catch a little, and you, you had multiple guys who handled the ball. You had multiple guys throw. 
the league slowly moved to a more specialized uh, type of offense where you just had guys who had one particular skill that they were really, really good at. The quarterback who was really good at throwing it, one quarterback, uh, maybe one running back or two running backs were really good at running back, running it. A couple of receivers were really good at running routes and catching. Steelers were the last team to adapt. It changed once they hired Chuck Knoll. And since then, Bill Cowher and Mike Tomlin have kept things going. Been a glorious, you know, 50 plus years in Pittsburgh. Uh, when it comes to Woody Johnson, I mean, look, the Jets, as awful as Woody Johnson is, he's a terrible owner. The Jets almost made the Super Bowl back to back years with him. So obviously they can build a good team with him. It requires the team, you know, getting lucky in one of these coaching hires. I mean, do I trust Woody to make an effective hire? No. But do I think like eventually maybe he'll luck into something? It's possible. I think another thing to wonder is one of the issues with the Jets is Woody always has to be involved. He always has to make the decisions. That's part of the reason I think the Jets have never gone out and gotten one of like the big fish coaching hires is that Woody doesn't want to turn control over to anybody. You know, since Woody Johnson bought the team, he's never he's only hired one coach who was not a first time head coach. And it was Adam Gase, who was not exactly a guy in a guy in demand at the time. He was not exactly a guy who could demand a lot of control. Of course, he eventually usurped control uh, very early in his tenure. But, you know, the Johnson brothers, and this was true with Chris also, they, they like to be in control. Well, at some point, you know, Woody may have his Leon Hess moment. Uh, Mr. Hess was the former owner of the Jets, and he just got tired of the losing. He said, you know what? I'm going to go get Bill Parcells. I'm just going to hand over everything to Bill Parcells. And that's what he did in 1997. At some point, maybe Woody will get so tired of the losing, they'll just say, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to go get a guy and give him all the power. Let him do what he wants. Write a big check. Um, it's also possible, you know, Woody's also not going to be the owner forever. You know, maybe, maybe the Jets eventually get sold to a better owner. Look, there's a lot that can go right for the Jets. And as bad as this has been, you got to have hope for the future because bad teams can turn it around. Um, you know, I've seen downtrodden franchises do it all the time. You know, no matter what the sport is in the last 20 years in baseball, you've seen the Red Sox, the Cubs and White Sox all end long championship droughts. Um, you see it. Yeah, you know, it, it doesn't matter what league it is. I mean, the, the Saints went from the bottom of the league to having a great run with Sean Payton and Drew Brees after now having zero success in the history of their franchise. It can turn around. And that's the reason we watch. And it'll make it that much better when it happens. Now, one way it'll happen is if the Jets get better players in here. As we continue on this Wednesday mailbag edition of the Locked on Jets podcast, we're going to turn our attention to the roster. We're going to turn our attention to some, to some offseason moves the Jets could make to build this thing up around Aaron Rodgers. That's as we continue this Wednesday edition of Locked on Jets. This next segment is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to somebody who's unbiased in your life. Chris just told us his frustrations in our weekly mailbag show about the Jets' struggles, about how the Jets may take a while to build a championship team, but it can happen. I'll be honest with you, though. I share a lot of Chris, Chris's frustrations, but we should know also know that football's football. There are more important things in life than football. Therapy can be different for every for everybody. And most of us do have bigger problems than our favorite sports team. It's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. 
This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Wednesday. We're doing our weekly mailbag show. Our next question comes from Thomas. Hi, John. I've heard a lot of mixed reviews on Joe Tittman. Where do you think he ranks slash projects among centers in the league? Tough question to answer because of how broken the Jets' offensive line was. And when you have a, a line that's as dysfunctional as what we saw with the Jets through much of the season, it's difficult to single out one player. I thought Tittman had some very good games and some games that weren't so great. And I feel like in context of what I just said, that's got to be promising, right? This rookie goes into this messy situation. It doesn't always look great, but has some standout moments. And that's true of most rookies anyway. You know, they're not going to be perfect. You know, there's not a lot of Sauce Gardeners or Garrett Wilsons who absolutely lighted up and looked like phenomenal players every single week as rookies. You know, Tittman had some bad moments in pass protection at the center position. But in the context of how, you know, how shaky the guys were next to him, I feel optimistic about him. I think... You know, my sights would probably be on him being like a middle of the pack quality starting center if that's where they keep him. But, you know, he could be better. I don't think he's a 100% lock to be good. I still I think there were some games where he wasn't great, particularly in pass protection. But, you know, I think what we saw this past season was promising. I think that there was probably more good than bad when you put everything into context. So I'm going to remain optimistic on Tittman. Our next question, there are a few good center prospects that could be available when the Jets pick in the third round. What do you think of picking a center and moving Tipman to guard? So a couple things about that, and I've been pretty vocal about this. I think that that might be the move. I think it might be, if you can, the move might be moving Tipman to guard uh, for two reasons. Number one, I thought he played better at guard than at center. Now you have to consider what I just told you, that you know when Tipman was playing center, the offensive line was broken. When he was at guard, you know, he got a couple of games with AVT next to him and Connor McGovern was at center. So maybe, you know, maybe that played into it. But I also think there's a case to be made that guard is more important a position than center. Guard might be a tougher position to fill than center. Guard, you get more one-on-ones. You take advantage of Tipman's strength, his ability to potentially move people. So I like that idea. But, I mean, the thing is, I don't think you can ever count on a guy you draft in the third round being a plug-and-play type player. Yes, every year there are guys who step into the lineup as third rounders, but they are in the minority. I think it's a situation where there are guys you may like in the third round. You draft a guy in the third round because you think he's got good tools. You don't typically draft a guy in the third round because you think he's ready to step into the starting lineup. And if it happens, it's a bonus. I don't think it's the type of thing that you can count on. So I think if we're talking drafting a center, there are a couple of good ones this year, but I think more realistically, if the Jets are getting a plug-and-play center, they probably traded down. And maybe they've traded to the late first round, or maybe they've just added a second round pick and the center will be drafted in the second round. The guy who's you know the the center this year, Jackson Powers Johnson out of Oregon. And if the Jets got him, I'd feel really good about the interior if AVT's at one guard and Tippman's at the other. Suddenly, you know, you've got a pocket. Suddenly Aaron Rodgers is gonna have not gonna be dealing with pressure up the middle. So I think that could be a you know, that that's the guy I would keep my eye on. But I don't think it's gonna be the third round. I think they they gotta trade down. And you either use it with the lower first round pick, depending on how low you go, or you'd use it in the second round. Next question. Who are your favorites in free agency in terms of the backup quarterback and second running back? Well, for backup quarterback, I like the idea. Now, I know a lot of the big names will be out there like Brissett, Minshew. I like the idea of like the guy who's been the decent starting quarterback, but who's kind of aged out of that role. So the guys I might look at would be Ryan Tannehill and Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, I can already hear the rebuttal. Um, that these, those guys can never stay healthy. So let me give you the rebuttal to the rebuttal. Your backup quarterback, typically not playing the full season. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to get hurt for the year after four plays again this season. So 
you what you're typically looking for out of a backup quarterback is a guy who can like carry your team for a game to maybe two, three, four. I don't think you're looking for a guy who needs to carry the load the entire season. And I, I feel like maybe like Tannehill or Garoppolo, if he becomes available, these are the types of guys who may struggle to find a starting role. So maybe they'd sign on to be a high paid backup. So those guys might be my first choice. The guys who have kind of, who are kind of uh, evolving from starting role into like late career backups. As far as running back two goes, I mean, I'm not a fan of paying running backs, especially older running backs. I temporarily, I guess, lost my mind when I endorsed the Jets signing Dalvin Cook because I've always been against signing older running backs. So I want no part of guys like Derrick Henry who are near the end of the line. I think you feel running back through the draft. I think running back is more a young man's position than it is a guy you sign in free agency. But if you're looking for a name out there, the guy who sticks out to me is Antonio Gibson uh, from Washington. And he kind of fell out of favor, but he you know, had a thousand yard season in the past. He's got receiving skills in college. And part, and part of this might just be that I really like this guy when he was coming out of college back in 2020, but he was kind of like a hybrid running back uh, receiver out of Memphis. So he's got receiving skills. You know, he's a tough runner. You know, maybe maybe a good match stylistically for Brees Hall, who's more even though Brees is big, I get the feeling he's more of a finesse back. Uh, so that would be like the one guy in free agency. I, I don't think he's going to cost that much because he didn't really do a whole lot this year with the new coaching staff in Washington. As far as I can gather, he kind of fell out of favor, but you know he's got a history of production in the league. Uh, so I, I think if I had to pick one back out there who's a free agent to pair with Brees, it would be Antonio Gibson from Washington. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you like the show and you're listening on a podcast source, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. Helps us out. Helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.